0: Showing up today on It's Time.
1: God knowing everything about you and me, still chose us to be on His team. From the beginning of the foundations of the world, God preordained you. Isn't that great to know? You say, Mike, what does that mean? Hmm, means we ain't an accident. <laughs>
0: Listening to It's time with Pastor Mike Kessler, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. We're in the book of 1 Peter, still in chapter 1, and today Pastor Mike is talking about predestination, an issue that is readily talked about in the church today and quite controversial, but what is predestination? Is it a matter of interpreting God's view versus man's view, or do we have free will? with more here's pastor mike
1: maybe the first time in your life have another perspective of life other than your own and you begin to think wow you know in other words if i do certain things there's a there's a consequence to pay yeah you mean if i do certain things there's an eternal reward at stake here yes be holy as your father in heaven is because verse 16 because it is written be holy for i am holy um, walking in your father's footsteps. You ever noticed that? You ever watched a kid do that in the dust? Maybe you did that when you were a kid. Your dad would walk along in, in the dust or in the dirt or in the beach, and you would try to put your feet in your dad's footsteps. And you know what I found? When you're about four years old, that's quite a stretch for your little legs. Because daddy's got long legs, we got short legs. But you know what? You can do it. And I believe that God challenges us to do it and opens our eyes to the results of not doing it You know a lot of people say Well when I accept the Lord What does that mean? I got to stop doing all the stuff I like to do and start doing a bunch of stuff I don't like to do Is that what being a Christian is? And you kind of swap them and this makes you something No, you know what? When you really fall in love with Jesus God opens your eyes To the results Of sin That's amazing Seeing life through God's eyes so that sin does not look so illustrious, so attractive, but rather through the Holy Spirit, it reveals what it does to you. How else could you ever be holy as I am holy, saith the Lord? In no way. Why does God think holiness is better than partying or living a life of sin? Because God sees what that goes to and where that leads, and the result of it. How many times have we all said in our life, over and over again, Oh, I wish I would have. Wish I would have. Wish I would have. Sound like a broken, bunch of broken washing machines. Wish I would have. Wish I would have. Living your whole life in regret. The old saying, well, hindsight is 20 20. Well, let me tell you, God's foresight is yours. See, in other words, God equips us opens our eyes so that we don't do the things that take away the potential of what God wants to do in our life because He reveals to us what life is. If you're not a Christian here this morning, I can venture to say you do not have that in your life. Because, And by the way, that's why there's always a desire. If you're not a Christian, or if you know anybody that's not a Christian, you'll always notice, though, there's a a desire for enlightenment. Okay, let's meditate on the third eye in the middle of our forehead. i trying to get insight. I, I, got, I got to check my horoscope. Well, come over to Fred's house tonight. He's breaking out the Ouija board. We're going to kind of check out life. Friends, listen. There's a quest to know. Some people just think just having a lot of uh, diplomas hanging on the wall is going to solve all your problems. That just means you die smart. You have to understand that there is a desire in all of us to know so that we don't do mistakes. Only God really has that. So, as he says, be holy, as I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who is without partiality, judges according each one according to his work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your sojourning here in fear. I like that. He says, if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work. I, I like that. In other words, if you pray, and because God doesn't have favorites, that's what without partiality means. That means that God's going to help you do what you're supposed to do while you're living here on this planet. Why you sojourn here? It's interesting. If you go back to the first part of this chapter last week, he, he says to the sojourners or the pilgrims, you know, we're just the passing through here. And if you don't believe me, drive by the cemetery. Those are all people who passed through and gone on. And so when we try to hold on to something too much in this life, the Bible reminds us hey, this isn't what it well, this isn't what life consists of. Notice he says conduct yourselves throughout the time of your sojourning here. Think about the way you live your life. Now, the reason why I believe he's leading to this, as we get towards the uh, the end of this chapter, we find that he begins to go into an element that we all desperately need. He says in verse 18, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct, receive the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ Christ, of the Lamb without blemish and without spot. He's saying, listen, you weren't redeemed with gold or silver. You were redeemed with blood. Do you know a lot of times, it's how you know what love is. Love is what something costs somebody else. And love is that which has an eye to see what you need. Jesus knew what you needed. Jesus knows what I need. And he has an eye for that, and because he has an eye for that, he responds to that need. That's what real love is. That's why in Christmas time, if you give a guy with a big full beard aftershave lotion, either you're trying to tell him something or you're completely out of touch. Because you're not responding to that need. Do you see the need in somebody's life and how do you respond to it? That's what he tells us here. And he said he didn't redeem us with gold and silver, corruptible things, but his own dear son. That tells us the value, first of all, that we should have in ourselves, and also tells me the value God places upon you as well. So not only me, but you too, that we're valuable to God, that he sent his only son to die for us. See, otherwise, he would have made some other way to just go through and say, oh, I'll take you. Eh, you're ugly. I'll leave you here. You're rich. Oh, yeah, you'd be most useful. Oh, you're pouring the a pauper. I, no, no, we'll leave you here. I didn't do that. He said, redeemed us. Every background, every walks of life, and as we just read, without partiality, he doesn't have favorites. And if he doesn't have favorites, that means God's going to listen to your prayer just like he listens to anybody else. So he says, with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now we kind of sometimes breeze over these words, but the word blemish is an acquired defect, a blemish. A spot is an inherited defect. Jesus had neither. He neither had inherited one, nor did he create one. Uh, You think about that for a minute. There's all kinds of different blemishes in the world. Some we make. You got your favorite shirt. You go out to your Italian restaurant. I think one of the prerequisites for Italian food is that you have to wear half of it when you're done. What kind of food is that? I don't know. Are you wearing it? Yeah, it's Italian. Um, and you know by the time the evening is over it's dried really good in there and for the next five years in that shirt you can see the great feast that you had that's been permanently recorded in your shirt called a stain the Bible here says without either you, you know sometimes you don't realize how valuable you are till you realize what somebody had to pay to have you You don't really realize how valuable you are to God until you realize that God the Father sent his only son to die for you. That places great value on you. By the way, it also tells you on this earth what love is as well in value and things like that. I believe those are things that we need to learn. I I think, friends, we, we do need to learn how to love. I think we've forgotten how. You look at the world today and you look at how Hollywood tells you to love somebody. I don't want to be loved like that. I don't want to have to do certain things to be accepted like that. He tells us, He indeed, verse 20, was foreordained before the foundations of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. From the beginning of the foundations of the world, God preordained you. Isn't that great to know? You say, Mike, what does that mean? (laughs) means we ain't an accident. (laughs) God, knowing everything about you and me, still chose us to be on His team. I like that. I always use the illustration of, uh, of a football game because it, it's really so apropos, I think. You got a team, it's a Super Bowl, you know, only a couple seconds left in the game. They pitch the ball, the guy in the end zone reaches up to grab it and he drops it, loses the game. Now for or for, you know, to have a foreknowledge of that, what would you do? You would never throw the ball to him, but God knowing knowing that we were going to drop the ball, still throws it to us. That's love, friends. And that tells me that God doesn't pick just perfect people, but in spite of all the things that you've done wrong in your Christian experience, such you to accept the Lord. Somebody told me one time, they said, well, I think, Mike, it's probably wise to accept the Lord later in life. That way you don't make all your mistakes as a Christian. And I said, well, that's not true said that God's got more love for a, for his own child than he would somebody else i said i said so so no but it does tell me that God's bigger than the things we've done wrong and knowing all those things from the foundations of the world he still picked you picked me and so it says but it was manifest in these last times for you verse 21 who through him We believe in God, who raised Him from the dead, and gave Him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, and by by the way, purified your souls by obeying the truth. What is the truth that we obey? Faith. It's by faith we're saved. It's not by works of righteousness, lest anyone would boast. He says, through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart now the word sincere in the old King James is unfringed but it means basically this genuine care for one another friends I, I believe that is what makes the difference and what the world is looking for if you were to really try to label what the world is looking for is love it's 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 to be accepted and to be understood and 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 I, friends that only happens in Christ. You can't always accept people just because they're people because they got a lot of weird stuff about them sometimes. But in Christ, God helps us understand that and reaches out to them and love them. And so he tells us here, Love one another fervently with a pure heart. Verse 23, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever, because... All flesh is grass. Now this is the reason why we're to love one another. And you say, all flesh is grass. The glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass wither, the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. This is out of Isaiah. He's saying, since everything is going to burn away anyway, maybe you ought to have something in your life that's more than just accumulating or having, but rather loving is what's really important. See, see, it goes back to what oftentimes I, I know in our hearts we believe, but we forget. And I, I think Sunday morning's a great time to remind each other of the importance of that. I think Sunday night and Wednesday night and anytime you read your Bible and pray and seek the Lord and talk to friends on the phone or getting with a group of people, you remind one another, hey, people, that's what God's about. You say, but Mike, you don't understand. I've trusted people and I have been burned. We all have. Well, Mike, I've trusted Christians, and I've been burned. We all have. And you know what the Bible says about that? You keep loving anyway. There's not We can't dismiss it. Yeah, there's going to be goofy people. There's always going to be. And at times we're goofy. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever looked in the morning in the mirror and seen the goofiest person in the world looking back at you? It's amazing. And we always think everybody else is so much goofier than we are. Well, we got our quirks. Oh, yes, we do. And you say, well, Mike, I'm not as undisciplined as that person. Really? We're the most und- You know something? We're all bozos on this bus. I'm telling you. We don't go this- We don't do the speed limit. Do we? Rarely. If it's convenient. If I'm not in a hurry. I can be the most law-abiding person in the world if I'm not in a hurry. If I'm in a hurry, well, hey, we're goofy. The Bible tells us. That we're to love one another because, again, the things, man like the grass, it's going to fade away. You better get your priorities right. And friends, there's not a greater priority that comes down from the Father of lights than the ability to love. Now, again, you can't love in yourself very long. We have an exhaustible supply. But the, the Lord who gives us love, he's an inexhaustible supply who supplies us for everything that we need to do. The last part of verse 25 says this. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Love. We have an inheritance in heaven. Be sober then. Think about your lifestyle. Where you're going in regards to where you've been. You know, it's really neat sometimes being a, a pastor because almost everybody that I know in this room, I've known as a Christian. And they're them as a Christian. That's pretty neat. I don't know the past. I don't know how good a person you were or how bad a person you were. If you wrote the cross and the switchblade or you wrote the book cross and the butter knife. I don't know the difference because I know people after the Lord and God changes the way we are. Now, sometimes you see that old nature of theirs come through. And I'm saying that we all have that potential. And I'm not saying then that we don't need to be aware of people's lifestyles. But I am saying this, that God is at work in his people. And God's at work in you. And oftentimes those people that seem to get under your skin the most, God's at work in them. And what God's called us to do is to love them, just like we just read. To love one another. Friends, that means that if I have an eye to see how I can help somebody, that's what I want to do. And so may the Lord give you that heart. Give you that. And continue to strengthen you as you do that. And as you give of yourself and stuff. God sees those things. You know what? Great is your reward in heaven. You have an inheritance. This is written from a person named Peter who messed up many, many times. And yet in all of his goofing up, he still knew. God's love. And I would invite you this morning, if you've never experienced God's forgiveness in your life, God's love, we're going to pray. And you can ask the Lord into your life. And you can give Him an opportunity. You can give Him that freedom that He wants to have to change you, to begin to arrange things for you, to make you who He wants you to be. And so if you've never prayed and asked the Lord into your life, we're going to pray right now. And you can ask God to change your life. And just as we read to this morning that you have, a, then you'll have an inheritance in heaven as well. And you have a father that challenges you that says, hey, be holy as I am holy. And let God bless you and restore you. You need to be restored. You need insight into things beyond what you know. What a better person to go to than the Lord to give you what you need. And not only that, but to escape the punishment of rejection of God throughout all of eternity. Jesus spoke 11 times in the New Testament about hell. It's a real place. Thank God none of us as Christians ever have to go there. So when you think about your eternity, I would invite you this morning, let God forgive you of your past. And then you'll know where you're going. If you've never prayed, uh, we're going to pray. And you can ask the Lord to come into your life right now. And so if you'd like to pray, maybe you've never prayed before. Um, you just mean this. It's not uh, a formalized ritual prayer. It's just an invitation for you to meet Christ. And then from that point on, you can go and say, okay, God, from now on, I'm gonna I'm gonna just trust you. I'm gonna give you what you want in my life. And yeah, I wanna be sober. I I, I wanna walk like you do, and I wanna be like you are. I want to identify God with you in Jesus' name.
0: That's Pastor Mike Kessler with it's time. I'd like to take this moment to invite you to get your free copy of It's Time to Grow, the New Believers booklet written by Pastor Mike. It's Time to Grow answers many of the questions new believers have in a clear and concise manner, followed by the scripture references for each statement made. It's Time to Grow can be yours simply by dialing 800-357-4226. That's 1-800-357-4226. Or you can order it online for free at csnradio.com. Don't forget, if you'd like a copy of today's program, you can call our toll-free line I mentioned before, and that's 1-800-357-4226. Also, the daily free podcast is available through iTunes by searching for It's Time in the iTunes Store. On behalf of Pastor Mike and all of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening, and tune in next time for It's Time.